0: This is Adam G. Simon, screenwriter, the most recent Point Blank, and if you are listening to I Doubt It with Dallimore, something is terribly wrong in your life. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Dollamore. Alright everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us, episode 684 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your sometimes host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by your sometimes other host, Brittany Page, the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, and the punctual.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Are you, so are you hating I, that? No, 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 no. I, I was just thinking there's... My, my mic is covering my mouth right now, which is really positive because I discovered today that in addition to masks being beneficial for saving lives... Right. Just being out in public, saving other people's lives. They're super great for that. They're also great for covering up the black and brown hairs that are attached to my lip, like protecting those things from being seen by the public after I give Popeye kisses
0: in the morning
1: (laughs) and then leave. Yeah. They're then attached to my lip, but it's okay because the mask covers it up. Cause yeah. when I'm around people, I'm wearing a mask. You Some... see, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Listen.
0: Well, I think a lot matters. Some, sometimes I'm a little freaked out because I'll reuse a mask. The same Ooh. one I, I use like from earlier in the day. Uh-huh. And I'll be like, is that, is that what my fucking breath smells like? Cause it's Uh-oh. not bad, Uh-oh. but it's just, it's distinct.
1: Well, I, I think what you're saying is it's pretty bad. <laughs> I, I don't think the reaction would be, Ugh, is that my breath? No, if it was super you just, great. I don't
0: know. You expect to put the mask on afresh, anew, and it's, uh, and it's neutral. Instead, there's yeah. like a distinct flavor there.
1: Yeah. Again, <laughs> not a great sign. <laughs> not a good sign. Well, we but are okay. back.
0: I'm yeah. sorry. I stepped all over you.
1: It's going to happen a lot, because that is what's happening when we record from a distance.
0: We're on the video,
1: yes, so well, you're in a tiny little box on my screen, so it's it's a little bit different.
0: I just moved you to a, a better place on my monitor where I can actually look at your face and motion to the camera, so
1: okay, perfect. you're not
0: over here in the corner, okay, so we are back. It has been r- roughly twenty days is that Is that about right?
1: That's about right.
0: And we um we're back. I, I was gonna like oh well, I apologize for our absence, but you know what? I don't apologize. Got to do what we got to do, and times are are different. Facing hardships on multiple fronts, not just the pandemic, but also my daughter's health. So you know we're doing what we can. Uh, trying yeah. trying to get on a schedule, but that oftentimes. Does not work, especially being, you know, a thousand miles apart from one another and everything else that goes along with that. So Mm -hmm. we want to absolutely, first of all, um, give a shout out to the audience and and all the patience that has been displayed and expressed Mm -hmm. and uh, all of the support. It's been uh, overwhelming, to say the least. I've got I don't know how many uh, messages, emails, Facebook messages and such uh, from people who have reached out and that I'm going to get back to. It's just been too frantic, too hectic, too stressful to address that right now. But I will get to it. Uh, Yeah. If you if you're out there and you're wondering, ah, guy fucking ghosted me. Didn't uh, he? Didn't reach out and I sent such a heartfelt thing. Uh, You know, maybe it's because I'm a dick, but I think more likely (laughs) it's that I'm uh I'm overwhelmed. But I will I will get to that. So
1: yes, there it can always be two things. That's what you say that a lot on the show. Two things can be true at the same time. That
0: is right. We do,
1: we do want to thank everybody though, because it has been really great and, and we feel, we feel the love, we feel the support. And if you didn't listen to the update that I recorded and which was released Sunday night, the update really focused on the fact that, uh, Jesse's daughter's chemotherapy will be done here in fewer than three weeks now. And that is really good news. Really, really good news. We're really looking forward to that being done and that being behind her. Um, And along with that will come a more regular schedule schedule when things are more normal than they have been.
0: When they're more normal, they won't probably go back to normal for several months, but uh, they'll be more normal.
1: No, That's all it, we can hope be- for
0: It's <laughs> a little bit more normalcy. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. Um, w- while we're in the business of sharing medical emergencies that have happened in the family, we might as well talk about Popeye. Oh, yeah. Because Popeye had his own medical emergency. This was probably a week and a half ago now, um, or two weeks ago. I don't know. Time. Yeah, what it is has it, no even?
0: meaning anymore.
1: So he collapsed in the yard and I think I was using that phrase before I actually knew that dogs collapsing was like an actual thing. That's what they call it. And I know I'm making a big thing of that, but it really was like he just collapsed like a human being would in the yard and it was terrifying. He vomited and then he collapsed facing forward and his paws kind of
0: they crumpled underneath him, right? Yeah,
1: I'm like hesitant to use the word seized because when I used it with the vet, she was like, okay, was this a seizure? And I'm like, no, it wasn't. Like, he wasn't shaking, but his paws were abnormally curled up in yeah, a way yeah. that was very strange. Um, well, and it only lasted.
0: Spoiler alert, he's okay.
1: Yeah, that's important to note. He's okay.
0: <laughs> Everybody's on pens and needles until you yeah. get to the end of the story.
1: He's okay for now, we should say. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know how long it happened. I had enough time to call you while it was still happening because yeah. there's no like dog 911 and I didn't know what else to do. Um, and then he just stood up and walked out of the yard like nothing had happened i'm sitting there crying like asking him what's going on what's happening to you and he just stands up and like (laughs) walks off i'm like what do you do what is going on um anyway they think that he has a heart problem that's that's the most likely scenario and they basically told me if it happens again uh take him to the cardi cardiologist the dog cardiologist
0: so the dog cardiologist. I don't think we have to really make that deter that uh, di- differentiation. Yeah, you know, we're not going to bring him to the old human cardiologist. they will be like, uh, "Who's this hairy old man that you've brought to me?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's true. Thank you. But I'm I'd be interested to hear if people have had this happen with their own animals, what it was. What's going on? Remember, Popeye will be turning nine in December, so he is old, and he has lived a hard life. So, a lot of drinking and smoking.
0: <laughs> yeah, it re- really. Sleeping makes around you, when you adopt a dog from a from a, a rescue organization, it really does make you wonder what kind of what kind of a hellscape ha- was their previous life. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Especially
0: sure. when the when the when the rescue doesn't have a lot of details.
1: Yeah, and this rescue also is they're regularly picking bulldogs up like on the side of the freeway, yeah. and, like in a backyard that was abandoned. Like it's these stories are terrible. Unless they're making them up or something. They're well, it's I straight think straight out of a movie.
0: A lot of people are fucking monsters and have no no more moral gauge about animals. Yeah. Fucking terrible monsters. For the sure. people, not the animals.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So it is good. That he it hasn't happened again. The vet didn't seem as concerned as to immediately set up some kind of a specialist appointment. He's, you know, he's uh, he's a tough guy
1: for sure. And they did a battery of tests, including old man blood work, and he <laughs> seems to be pretty healthy. So he'll be good. Yeah, yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah. So can we- should we get Popeye's consent for sharing all this on the show? By the way, I we didn't, and I feel like oh. Uh,
0: He's the mascot. It's just it's uh implied consent.
1: Okay. We've right.
0: inferred his implication of the consent.
1: Perfect. Perfect. So can I
0: can before we move on Can I can I talk about what a dumb fuck I am?
1: <laughs> I would I would love to hear the so, story
0: about this. So uh I'm I'm a thousand miles away. Uh-huh. and didn't I don't have everything I own here obviously i whenever I could fit into the bed of a minivan when i when I came here and yeah uh, minivan i'm I'm also at a place that is substantially larger than our homestead, if you will in southern california
1: uh-huh
0: I've got a big giant backyard with a fire pit it's nice and cozy and homey and mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yeah. But there's also debris on the ground outside. I'm not used to walking around barefoot on the outside of places. Mm. And uh, <laughs> so I, I had you buy me some slippers. Yes. You bought me some slippers. We, we had a, a, a little bit of a back and forth on what size would be. I hate buying clothes online. That's why you did this for me. And I said, well, if they run true to size, do a 12. If they run small, like with Nikes, get me a 13. Mm-hmm. You got me a twelve. I tried them on, and they were fucking painfully too small. Pa- yeah, painfully too small. So I wore them around for about an hour. <laughs> I mean not a full hour, but I, I, you know, I tried to like figure out how I was going to do it. I finally you were decided trying I was just, to make them work. Well, I fi- I decided I was just going to step on the back of the heel and crush it, and like root ru- kind of ruin the slippers. <laughs> Because that's, you know, I'm not oh going to waste God. time or or effort, kind of taking them back and going through the goddamn rigmarole with with the Bezos. Right. So, and then I was out sitting back there at the at the at the fire pit area, and I was like, Ah, I, I got an idea. Maybe if I pull out some of the cushioning that's inside of the toe, like really ruin them, I can my toe will fit in there. Mm-hmm. So here's where the dumb fuckery comes in. I reach in. And they're stuffed with paper.
1: <laughs> oh, very important misstep, God sir. damn.
0: Yes. So, so no wonder they were pinching and hurting and, and I was being a baby. It's because my foot wasn't fully into the toe.
1: So you were just so eager to get your foot into those slippers. You just shoved it right in before even clearing out the shoe.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no other way. That's exactly what I did, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's out of eagerness. I don't know if it's that, but it's certainly... Uh, it's a problem.
1: You were you were excited to no longer be walking around barefoot on the debris.
0: Yeah, it's a problem. I have sensitive feet.
1: Well, you might want to toughen them up because you might need a skill set of being a able to walk set. around outside. What skill feet.
0: set is there possibly of being barefoot that you I need to practice for?
1: I've seen a lot of shows about stuff that could happen. Well, like, I'm going
0: to worry about stepping on a hypo and I need to toughen up my skin.
1: Well, don't talk about that because (laughs) I don't like hearing about that. Like, you. And I don't want to hear any stories about that. You
0: worried at the beach.
1: Yeah, of course I am. Everyone should be.
0: (laughs) So, anyway. We have one voicemail. I know it's been such a long hiatus that we're kind of out of sight, out of mind for people. But you did put a call out for people to call in. We have a voicemail from Kel in Kansas. But before we get there, I want to drop the phone number as we often do. 657-464-7609. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to it at com. Voicemail incoming as soon as I get my cursor working.
2: Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Kel from Kansas. Hey, uh, I know I just seen the uh, post that Brittany posted on the I Doubt It With Dollar More uh, podcast page talking about you guys were recording an episode on Sunday and you were wanting some listener communication. So I decided to call in and give you some. Uh, mainly, uh, it's just we know all everybody's aware of – the election coming up and that Donald Trump is such a problem for this country and that Joe Biden is pretty much going to be the only way out of this debacle uh experiment that's been going on for the past couple of years. But uh, really, honestly, you guys do a fantastic job of taking a dump all over Donald Trump and everybody who <laughs> thinks Donald Trump is just the best thing since canned beer. But I really do think it's important for us to also not just, look at Joe Biden as the anti-Trump candidate, but look at some of the reasons why uh, Joe Biden would be a better fit than Donald Trump and and not just giving reasons as to why Donald Trump would be such a bad president because I I get the sense sometimes that a lot of people do feel like Joe Biden is the lesser of, of two evils, which obviously he is. But I do also feel it's important that since we would be voting for Joe Biden, what things Joe Biden genuinely does bring to the table? What change could he bring? What improvements uh, would he be able to, to muster d- during a, a Biden presidency? So I, I don't know if that's something that you guys would be interested in, in, in talking about. Uh, I think it might actually be a good... A sidecar away from the circus that we have been ex- all experiencing, and it does make for great podcast uh podcasting to, to take a dump all over Donald Trump, and, and, and you guys are the absolute best at it, so keep up that good work, but I also think it would be important for us to really be able to understand that j- just because we're jo- voting for Joe Biden, not just for the fact that we're voting against Donald Trump, but... You know, talking about being able to discuss some of his policies, some of the things that he would implement, like is like would Joe Biden be in favor of making the District of Columbia a state? Is that something that he would be considering? Of you know, I don't know if that's something he's ever talked about or anything like that. Just just other reasons to vote for Joe Biden on you know if there was a normal candidate he was running against. So uh, anyway, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, keep up the good work and. We'll talk to you guys again someday. Bye.
1: Someday, someday is now, Kel. We're here. The wow. Someday has arrived. Um, but is he?
0: Is he? Is he sideways shitting on us?
1: Uh, no, no. I think he was very understanding. <laughs> we'll talk to you
0: someday.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is this is difficult. Also, thanks Jesse D for the heads up about this question, so I could have time to think about it and answer it in a stellar way. So get ready for this piece of shit answer. So um, Joe Biden, it's, it's tough to really uh, give reasons why it's exciting to vote for Joe Biden, mostly (laughs) because Joe Biden is not great and he's not very exciting, but, but here's the best thing about Joe Biden. And this is going to sound really bad. So bear with me. Joe Biden is relatively politically spineless, now, what I mean by that is he's going to be easily influenced. Okay. So if he is pushed by progressive people mm, yeah. to take on progressive policies, he will do that. He has a history of going where he is pushed. Yeah. Does it, this make
0: sense? Marcus from North Carolina on one of our Patreon calls called Biden, you know, I, I remember it distinctly. He called him a flag in the wind. Hmm and it really yes. is i mean when when things were very conservative for democrats during clinton's administration while he buckled and acquiesced to republican demands joe biden was a chief among them with with uh with bill clinton now that things are are a lot more progressive he's acting like he's a, the most progressive uh, he's always been it's not the case but mm-hmm. that's it's where he's going now so it, it is it's important to elect down-ballot candidates that will push the administration, if it is a Joe Biden administration, farther left.
1: Right. And he did just come out with a $2 trillion plan to combat climate change. Mm-hmm. And that has been relatively positively reviewed by Democrats that I have seen. So that's kind of an example of pushing him toward progressive policies. And I, I think that he can be pushed even further and i hope that that is actually what happens
0: (laughs) yeah i think uh, we're in a very unique position on on two fronts here one is that we are the 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 main exciting thing about joe biden is that he'll be getting rid of donald trump that's the main exciting um focal point But but then the other thing is that he's so old that his <laughs> oh vice God. presidential pick. Well, I don't mean that to be pejorative. He just he'll be the oldest elected president in the history of our goddamn country.
1: I just know where you're going with it. That's why I reacted that
0: way. Well, he's only gonna be, he's only gonna run one time. Yeah, he's not gonna be 120 running for president. You know, he's already ready to you know crumble into dust. So when he picks his vice presidential candidate, his running mate, it's gonna be somebody. Who really should we should be looking for as a future president? Because, I mean, I don't foresee Joe Biden dying in office, but it's a possibility. Pretty old, but also we want someone who is as progressive as we can get, with an eye on future policy, and and that's for me that's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, like if it was to well, and- be
0: somebody like uh, Elizabeth Warren or Stacey Abrams or you know somebody equally. Uh, intelligent and policy and wonky you know dr- p- p- policy driven
1: yeah and data for progress consistently finds that elizabeth warren would be the strongest vice president uh vice presidential candidate for joe biden so uh even this last uh, article that they released even over kamala harris she was more popular as a candidate and yeah. could pull more people in so i i'm bummed about it because i look at that ticket and i think Ugh, two old white people yeah god damn it i i wish that weren't the case but i also struggle with some of this polling that is consistently pointing to elizabeth warren being the one who pulls in the most people uh and gets the most support and that is something that i think is difficult to ignore
0: yeah there's a, there's um There's a panoply of different polls right now that show Biden already leading Trump. And uh, the the ones that they really are talking about, they're falling into this fucking trap again where they're only talking about national polling or, or primarily speaking about national polling. And that's a mistake. Have we not fucking been here before? National polls, when you have an electoral college, don't fucking matter. It doesn't matter what the aggregate... Of all the states what they feel about Joe Biden over Donald Trump. It matters what Wisconsin thinks, it matters what Michigan thinks, it matters what Pennsylvania thinks. It matters what North Carolina and Arizona. These swing states that really are gonna make the big difference. So so as a as a kindly reminder mm. to the audience <laughs> stop fucking worrying about national polls.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Also just vote for Joe Biden. Don't even worry about the national That's polls. Right. Make sure you're voting for Joe Biden. Encourage everyone else to vote for Joe Biden. I don't know if you know, but the world is a living hell right now. And it would definitely yeah. be less of a living hell if Donald Trump were no longer in office. Now, will he leave? <laughs> that's a whole nother question. Yeah. And we're going to get to that a little bit when we talk about the
0: Chris Wallace. That's interview. right. Well, th- that's my worry about people. It's the voting. I I don't want people to get lulled into a sense of security that, oh, Joe Biden's up by 16 points nationally. I don't need to go to the polls today when I live in Michigan. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And obviously, the closer we get to Election Day, polls are going to be coming down for the individual states. And we're going to see what the effect that a, a vice presidential pick has. There's a lot of things that are moving parts here. I just want people to really focus on their particular state and really be engaged this year. Don't, you know, don't just rely on idiots like me and brilliant um, masters like Brittany page sample the, the sample, the, 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 the buffet of polling that's out there and, you know, figure out what's going on for yourself. Also,
1: we'd love to hear from you on this issue, the audience. Are you excited to vote for Joe Biden? <laughs> if you are, you laugh. Is, it, is, it, is it because of something other than Donald Trump no longer being president? Well, Kel would like to hear from you. So please tell him what it is that is so exciting and great about and Joe we Biden. We especially
0: want to hear from you people who fetishize old white men, because that's unless that's the case, there's really no reason to be excited about Joe Biden.
1: You know what? You may be surprised.
0: I may be surprised. Mm -hmm. All right. Moving on. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with All
1: right. We would like to thank Benji. Benji. Fabio. Fabio. Elsbeth. Elsbeth. Paul. Paul. Johnny. Johnny. Is that Sarah
0: S. Is that Sarah S. Daryl. Daryl.
1: <laughs> Giorgio. Giorgio. Tiffany? Tiffany. Jedi?
0: Jedi.
1: Not not like Jedi, like uh, Star Wars, like Jet-I.
0: Oh, Jet-I. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry? Jerry.
1: Holly? Holly.
0: John? John.
1: Well, actually, there's two Johns here, so let's do this. John G? John G. And John
0: H? John H. Muhammad? Muhammad.
1: And... We have several Patreon supporters who have upped their pledges, so we are going to thank them now. Blizzard Fingers 35. Blizzard
0: Fingers 35. Tyrone. Tyrone. Tyrone doubled his pledge. Tyrone doubled his pledge. Gas. Gas.
1: Gas upped the pledge. All right. We also have here (laughs) Thurlfur.
0: Thurlfur. I'll just follow. I don't have it in front of me, so...
1: (laughs) I know. I'm. I, you know what? No. He taught me how to say it. Think back to the Patreon call, Brittany. Here we go. Thor-ul-fur. thor Is that different than what I said? I don't know. Okay. He doubled his pledge.
0: Fantastic. William. William. Mikey. Mikey. Rob. Rob. Leah. Leah.
1: Leah more than doubled the pledge. So good. Eric. Eric. Eric more than doubled the pledge. Thank you, Eric. Mary. Mary. Mary doubled the pledge. Thank
0: you, Mary.
1: Now... This is what
0: happens when you wait 20 days in between shows.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, we want to say, and we can't say it enough, really, and I, I just, I want everyone to really understand how genuinely we feel this we are so grateful to you that you have given us the space and the time to go through this very difficult period and not only have you given us the space and the time but but you have you have stuck around as re- supporters of the show
0: yeah it's been resounding the amount of support that's been expressed above and beyond what we were sitting at even prior to this this family emergency
1: and that that's not lost on us and we are so grateful to you for for standing with us and supporting us through it and i mean we just we can't say enough about that so thank you so much to every single person that we just named to every single person who has donated on paypal um every single person who's still shopping on amazon through the dollamore.com slash amazon link all of our Patreon supporters, we we love you guys. We're so grateful for you. Thank you so much.
0: Words are absolutely insufficient. So we love you guys. Dalemocracy <laughs> Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So there's one particular thing that we want to get to prior to getting to the Chris Wallace uh, interview. And that is the fact that Tucker Carlson, who we've talked about on the show many, many times about being, um, he's not an open, avowed white supremacist. But goddamn, he sure does talk like one. He sure does believe like one. And his head writer, a guy by the name of Blake Neff, or as Tucker Carlson would say, someone called Blake Neff. He never says they're named this. He says they're called this. Hmm. Anyway, it's a little thing. I've, I've watched more Tucker Carlson in the last few weeks than I care to admit, but that's a, must weird, be a, that's a weird thing about Tucker.
1: Must be a Swanson family thing.
0: That's right. A Swanson f- f- frozen food thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: uh, Tucker Carlson's head writer, Blake Neff, got busted, outed by CNN, As being someone who is one of these like incel white supremacists tries to post anonymously on message boards or whatever internet forums, Mm -hmm. talking about vile, despicable white supremacist ideas using the N word, using all kinds of racial epithets, um, being being um, gay hostile to LGBTQ. It's just it's fucking vile the things that he said in this in this uh, thread in these threads.
1: Well, and when I was reading the story, I was thinking, okay, (laughs) I can't even read these posts that he made. I mean, there's no way for me to do it. And that tells you how terrible they are. It's just, he is, he hates women. He's racist. He's a bigot. And the thing that bothered me about this story is there was a lot of are you surprised by this? Which is yeah, seriously, I, I'm I'm getting to the point where if someone asks me that, <laughs> I'm just going to start like screaming at the top of my lungs in a rage because we're not. No, we're not surprised. OK, but everyone who's acting like they already knew this. Where was your uh, intrepid investigative journalism that you published about the story that you knew about already? But you you're not knew, surprised. You
0: knew his head writer. Was, was a white supremacist who was publishing online. We didn't yeah. know. That's why this is news.
1: Right. And it also is important to talk about because it reinforces what we already understand to be true about Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Which is that he elevates white supremacist talking points. Now we know he was doing that because they were being funneled directly to him through his top writer, who he praised specifically.
0: And who he hired specifically. It's not like the executives at Fox News just so happened to hire a guy who came from Tucker Carlson's website, The Daily Caller. Right. And it's not a coincidence that he was picked that way because many, many, many other writers have been outed for anonymous writings from The Daily Caller and then fired in disgrace because you can't have that. The company can't quote unquote know about that. It has to be- undercover of darkness
1: well and what was what was interesting to me is that he issued a statement after this reporting and nowhere in this statement will you hear an apology uh distancing himself from blake naff no the only thing that tucker carlson does is attack the fact that it was reported at all
3: Over the weekend, you may have seen stories about a writer on this show called Blake Neff. For years, since he was in college, Blake posted anonymously on an Internet message board for law school students. On Friday, many of those posts became public. Blake was horrified by the story, and he was ashamed. Friday afternoon, he resigned from his job. We want to say a couple of things about this. First, what Blake wrote anonymously was wrong. We don't endorse those words. They have no connection to the show. It is wrong to attack people for qualities they cannot control. In this country, we judge people for what they do, not for how they were born. We often say that because we mean it. We'll continue to defend that principle, often alone among national news programs, because it is essential. Nothing is more important. Blake fell short of that standard, and he has paid a very heavy price for it. But we should also point out, to the ghouls now beating their chests in triumph at the destruction of a young man, That self-righteousness also has its costs. We are all human. When we pretend we are holy, we are lying. When we pose as blameless in order to hurt other people, we are committing the gravest sin of all, and we will be punished for it. There's no question.
0: So some would say, oh, well, he did. He did address the things that Blake Neff wrote. He did not. There is no addressing the things that he wrote. He he acknowledges that he did some things that were out of the, quote-unquote, spirit of the show, or you know that's his idea there, that we're all created equal, and that's the way we always look at things on this show. Except when Tucker Carlson is reading the words that Blake, Net wrote for, Blake Neff wrote for him, which say that immigrants make our country poorer and dirtier. Right. It flies in the face of reality, without a doubt.
1: Yeah. Well, and... <laughs> He went on an unplanned—I'm sorry—a planned vacation, but you know it's one of
0: a long-planned vacation,
1: (laughs) right? But the reason I led with unplanned is because we know it wasn't planned. We know that this is the tactic that Fox News hosts use in order to let the internet move on to its next target, and then it's safe for them to come back. Now, what's interesting about what Tucker Carlson decided to do is he came back. He came back to his show after his long-planned vacation,
0: catching some fish.
1: He attacked the New York Times, yeah, accusing them of publishing his address or planning to publish That's right, planning. his address. Yeah. And
0: w- w- the New York Times is like, what? We, don't- we weren't ever going to do that. That's not something we were going to do.
1: Yeah, of course it's not something that they were going to do. That's not something that they would do. It's absurd, but he needed to create a new firestorm. Right. It was It's it's completely orchestrated. Yeah. He needed to create a firestorm when he came back so the attention would be off him coming back from his vacation with renewed scrutiny on this issue.
0: Not only that, but he, in his little thing the other night, yesterday, he incited his own listeners and virulent racist followers to dox the journalists that he talked about on the show that night. Mm-hmm. I mean... Come on.
1: Yeah, it's dangerous. He is a dishonest person and I mean we all knew this, but the evidence is now mounting and I just I wonder how much longer he's going to be able to stay on air.
0: Well, who who the fuck and now this lawsuit that implicates him and Sean Hannity about of sexual harassment and abuse. Yeah. I mean, it's we're going to get into it not to this episode, but there's a lot of stuff even with Ed Henry. With mm-hmm. accusations of rape, one of their one of their correspondents out in the field.
1: Yeah, he was fired, I believe, a few months ago because I think was, of.
0: I think it was a couple weeks ago he was fired.
1: Oh, a couple weeks yeah, ago yeah. because of accusations, and yeah, it's it's a crazy article. So if you it, go and read about those, just make sure that you're aware that it it gets pretty uh, graphic.
0: Can you imagine working in such just a a, a diseased environment? as fox news
1: yeah i actually saw you know allison Camarata is now a an anchor on cnn and she used to be an anchor on fox news and she was asked by another cnn anchor jonathan berman a few months ago whether fox news was rotten to the core is the question that he posed Mm. to her when when all these stories were coming out just about the the sexual harassment and, and sexual assault that was rampant throughout the organization and she said no, that it wasn't rotten to the core. And now she's coming out and saying, I want to amend my answer to that question, because obviously <laughs> there's something going on in this organization where this many men, this many men in power are being implicated in rape, yeah. in in sexual harassment. I mean, it's. It's horrifying the number of men that have worked at Fox News that are implicated in these lawsuits.
0: I mean, you, you expect it in general corporate culture where men are the dominant executive force. Usually, that's the way it is in America. But to have the the, the frequency and the severity of these cases, it, it's unique to Fox News. It yeah. doesn't happen anywhere else, and not just with the, with the sexual harassment and abuse of women, but also with the racism and the white supremacy, and the insane conspiracy theories. No other network. Not MSNBC, not CNN, not CNBC, none of them. They don't have problems as endemic as Fox News. Mm -hmm. It's a culture thing.
1: Yes, absolutely, the culture. And one person who remained unscathed through that was Shepard Smith. Yeah. And Shepard Smith is actually coming back.
0: That is right.
1: He is coming back. We had predicted this. Uh, We thought he would go to MSNBC because there were reports that he was in talks to accept a deal there. He's actually going to CNBC. That's right. And after a long break (laughs) away from being on TV, he gave a little preview on CNBC about what his show is going to be
4: you look across the cable landscape, and nothing against anyone, most of my friends in television are in opinion television, and good for them. You know, if you want to tune in at night and and hear the the opinion that's opposite from yours, or you want to have your own feelings, you know, amplified, then go ahead. But if what you're looking for is a newscast, you're hard-pressed to find that on cable. There was a time when there was a newscast every 30 minutes, and it wasn't that long ago, at least if you're 56. But that doesn't exist as much now anymore. <clears throat> and CNBC has made an enormous investment in, in the concept that people want to know what's really happening. Not not how we think you should feel about it, not to reinforce your your thoughts and beliefs, but here are the facts. Here are the facts of the moment. The facts of the moment are the president said you can't have my tax returns and my financial information. The Supreme Court said you're not protected from that. Therefore, the, the court will the Cyrus Vance's office in New York will be allowed to have that information. But the Supreme Court also said we're not going to rule on whether the House committees can also have that information. So those are the facts. And you and your family can discuss whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's not my place. No one cares what I think. But what we're going to do is take in the vast resources of CNBC, combine that with the resources of NBC News, all of NBC's local stations across the country and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of journalists and bring the best, most relevant stories for people's lives to their households every night at seven o'clock Eastern time. And, and I feel like that's a public service. We're we we as journalists are are so lucky to have the only the only job that's specified and laid out in the Constitution. We are to operate in the public interest, convenience, and necessity. And our job is to tell people what's happening, to get it right every time. But because we're humans, we won't. And when we get it wrong, we'll correct it immediately and loudly across all the platforms where we got it wrong. And I can promise you that our job and our goal and our mission every day is to find the truth and tell the truth in context and with perspective, without fear or favor. If we're making people upset by telling the truth, that's their problem.
3: Shep, you gave a speech in November uh, at the International Press Freedom Awards about journalists' ability to do their job uh, in governments all around the world. You gave a sizable donation to the committee uh, to protect journalists. This is clearly an issue that you've thought about deeply.
4: Well, you know, I have very good friends who've been kidnapped and held, held hostage my old friend, uh, Steve Santani, is one of them. Journalists are under attack all around the world. Uh, they're held for one reason, because they tell the truth. You know, the truth isn't always, isn't always pleasing. I'm fully aware of that. There's a lot happening in the world right now that's, that's very displeasing. And we're, we're at a moment of national, and for that matter, world crisis. And it's not going well. So when journalists are under attack... The people's right to know is, is under attack because we're not working for ourselves. We're, we're working for the people who, who watch our work and read our work and rely on us for the truth every day. And if governments especially start locking up journalists, the world is a much, much worse place. I know that journalists are not most favored person status at the moment. But if, if you remember what it is that we're supposed to do, find out and tell you about Ours is a valuable thing. The, 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 our founding fathers said the democracy cannot hold without it. So hopefully it'll be a roaring success and other companies will have more straight newscasts because there's never been a time when we need it more. Not in my lifetime.
1: Isn't it just comforting to hear his voice?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just comforting. I missed it. I love the way he talks. I love what he says. I can't wait to have him back. I'm so happy. And when I first learned this news, I made a joke about calling to add CNBC to my cable package. I haven't done that yet because why would I pay extra for a few months when Shep is not going to be on (laughs) until the fall? Am I right? Calling in the fall to add CNBC, okay?
0: For sure we'll be doing that. It's going to be more of a prime time, East Coast prime time. Um, He'll probably be up against like Jake Tapper or something, which will be great because I would... Uh, That's my kind of newscast, the thing he's talking about right now. Having no talking heads on is just, uh, it's awesome, but also it makes me wonder, how are they going to fill the time?
1: Well, it's just like what he used to do at Fox, though, with all the giant iPads that used to be in the background. Right, right. You know, I think Bill Hemmer is Shep Smith now at Fox right, News. Right, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, he took Shep Smith's spot. That's right. So he stands in front of the giant iPads now. Uh, but Shepard Smith, when he was on Fox, he didn't have talking heads on. I mean, he would have, I guess he would have legal analysts on. Are they considered talking heads like Andrew Napolitano and, and, and those types? So I, I wonder if that's what he's talking about, because th- he would never have the regular types of talking heads on. Where CNN has the panel of eight people, you know, I, I, it's been so
0: long that I watched his show, even when when um, at the end I wasn't watching his show because it was on Fox and I wasn't doing that. But yeah. um, because remember, people should remember. The reason he stayed as long as he did is because he thought he was making a difference. And as soon as he didn't think that anymore, he made a moral decision to walk away from millions and millions of dollars in a Mm -hmm. contract and cut bait and get the fuck out of there.
1: And now he has found millions and millions of dollars at CNBC. See, it pays off to be moral. You don't know what he's
0: making. I mean, it's for sure millions.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's getting paid.
0: <laughs> right. He's
1: for sure getting paid.
0: So anyway, I'm looking forward to that show, and we for sure will be adding CNBC, and that'll be the only show that we watch on that financial news network, but looking for sure. forward to it. There yeah. is there is one other member of the Fox News team who is he's nowhere near Shepard Smith, but he is kind of a decent guy who... Has his moments of jackassery and stupidity and kind of obsequiousness <laughs> to Trump. Or, or maybe I wouldn't say that, but being trying really too hard to seem like he's right in the middle on things rather than just like, yeah, I'm going to call a, a balls and strikes and this is wrong. Right. He, he's a little he's too much of a cheerleader sometimes for the administration. For sure. And that comes along with the editorial slant and bend of of Fox News. But it's, it's Chris Wallace, the mm-hmm. son of legendary news, newsman Mike Wallace from from 60 Minutes. Yeah. He interviewed Donald Trump this weekend on Sunday, or he did it like last week, and they aired it this Sunday. hmm And uh, there were some remarkable moments in this 40 Minutes. Yeah. The first thing I want to say is if you haven't watched it, you should go watch it because it, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Because Donald Trump chose to do it outside and he was just a fucking flop <laughs> sweat mess the entire time. It was goddamn crazy how sweaty he was.
1: It was really bad.
0: It really showed how news, how news interviews work with editing because from one moment to the next, he would be just in full shower mode and then he yeah. would go to dry. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and his orange makeup really amplified the yeah, um, effect of the sweat yeah, it because did. it was blending with the makeup and because it's kind of splotchy in different areas on the skin yeah. it was like pooling in different areas and looking re- it was not good and Chris Wallace tried to I think <laughs> uh, make him feel better in a way and talk about how he was also sweating and feeling the heat <laughs> while looking when...
0: bone dry
1: <laughs> yeah he looks completely fine he's totally relaxed nothing's happening yeah. but Donald Trump over there is melting
0: so anyway we got a few clips from this and i want to get through them and we're going to talk about them obviously we invite your participation in this conversation next episode we'll be taking your calls or taking playing your voicemails and what you think about this and we'll collectively as an audience as a community talk about some of these issues 657-464-7609. 657-464-7609. Email your voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. First up is an exchange that Chris Wallace and Donald Trump had about wearing masks.
5: Then there are masks. From the first day that the CDC said that people should wear masks on April 3rd, you said you weren't going to. You wore a mask for the first time in public at Walter Reed this weekend. Question. The CDC says if everybody wore a mask for four to six weeks, we could get this under control. Do you regret not wearing a mask in public from the start? And would you consider, will you consider a national mandate that people need to wear masks?
6: No, I want people to have a certain freedom. And I don't believe in that. No. And I don't agree with the statement that if everybody wear a mask, everything disappears. Hey, Dr. Fauci said don't wear a mask. Our Surgeon General, terrific guy, said don't wear a mask. Everybody was saying, don't wear a mask. All of a sudden, everybody's got to wear a mask. And as you know, masks cause problems, too. With that being said, I'm a believer in masks. I think masks are good. But uh, I leave it up to the governors. Many of the governors are changing. They're more mask into. They like the concept of masks. But some of them don't agree. I do say this. Schools have to open. Young people have to go to school. And there's problems when you don't go to school, too. And there's going to be a funding problem because we're not going to fund when they don't open their schools. We're not going to fund them. We're not going to give them money if they're not
5: going to school, if they don't open. Two points on that. First of all, what the federal government gives is only is eight percent, 10
6: percent. And you know what? Uh, That's a lot
5: of money. And you're going to take them. You know where the money goes? It goes overwhelmingly to disadvantaged kids and children with disabilities. Let
6: the schools. Why wouldn't
5: you put, send
0: more money so the schools Chris, would be safer?
6: Let the schools open. Did you ever see the statistics on young people below the age of eighteen?
0: Yeah, because Donald Trump is all about the statistics. You know, Brittany Page. He's all about the deets, the granular <laughs> details, and the and the the policy points. That's what Donald Trump's about.
1: Yeah. What's remarkable
0: yeah. about this is later in the interview, we're not going to play the clip, but. Um, Wallace shows brand-new polling data that shows Donald Trump at a grave disadvantage, especially related to coronavirus. In fact, I have the number here. It is, who do you think would do a better job dealing with coronavirus? Biden, 51% of Americans. Trump, 34 That's a remarkable gap in, in, in who you think is going to do a better job. Now, this, this interview appeared on Sunday— On Monday is when Donald Trump tweeted out his stupid tweet about, "Uh, I'm the most, nobody's more patriotic than me. Many people say wearing a mask is patriotic. It's because of the polling data. They've interviewed several unnamed sources in the White House who don't want to get fired, who are saying that absolutely it's because of his tanking poll numbers that all of a sudden now he's acting like he cares and wants to help save American lives. Think about that. What they said If we had started wearing masks, if Donald Trump had coerced his unwashed, uneducated morons, followers to wear masks and didn't make this a cultural issue, a touchstone, thousands, tens of lives, thousands of lives could have been saved.
1: So I want to talk about a few things. The first thing I want to mention is he said, "As you know, there are many problems with masks as well." This is a tactic that Donald Trump uses, yeah, and yeah. it's a it's a sleazy salesman tactic. Sorry, salesman listeners, but it, it is. <laughs> well, if it's you're a, a way... salesman,
0: you're not a sleazy salesman. You're a regular salesman.
1: Yeah, and so I I hate this because what he's trying to do is so doubt right so doubt and play on people's insecurities and oh shit is that true i don't i don't actually know that is that true is this something i'm going to challenge him on now what's interesting is it's a risk doing that with someone like chris wallace <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> while while cameras are rolling so that's how confident donald trump is in his ability to ma- manipulate people but also this this dr fauci thing when donald trump says dr fauci said don't wear masks yeah he said that back in march bro yeah. He said that back in March. Also, and here's he, Also, I don't think he
0: said don't wear masks. He says you don't have to wear masks.
1: Well, listen, Dr. Fauci has come out and he has said, quote, I don't regret anything I said then because in the context of the time in which I said it, it was correct. When it became clear that the infection could be spread by asymptomatic carriers who don't know they're infected, that made it clear, very clear, that we had to strongly recommend masks. Yes. And also, it soon became clear that we had enough protective equipment and that cloth masks and homemade masks were as good as masks that you would buy from a surgical supply store. So this is what happened, is that they were figuring this stuff out in real time. Science happened. Right. The priority in the beginning was, oh, shit, we don't want to panic the public because we don't want them to buy up all the protective equipment and then medical. Which was already
0: happening. That was already happening.
1: Right. And then medical staff don't have the equipment that they need. They don't have masks because people are hoarding N95s when they're not actually the ones that need N95s. It's the medical staff on the show back in March. We actually said on the show that unless you're wearing an N95 mask, the mask is doing nothing for you. We said that. And that's because we were taking the information that we were hearing and we were repeating it. So people could point to those statements in March and say, well, what the hell, guys? Well, yeah, w- we said something incorrect.
0: Well, we were going and- off the best information at the time.
1: Exactly. Just like Dr. Fauci was doing. And the thing is, people aren't used to seeing this happen in real time. They don't like it. They want someone who is a deity to come from the sky and tell them all the answers and tell them everything is going to be OK. Or at least or at not- least
0: or at least tell you, what do you have to lose? Take hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> what do right. you have to lose?
1: But but that's not how this works. Yeah, Dr. Fauci is a scientist. He speaks from a place of being open to to things that are going to change into the future, different possibilities, different factors that can influence it. And he's not certain Yeah, because the science isn't necessarily certain. So you follow the evidence where it leads and you try to give the best information at the time. And that's what he did. So for Donald Trump to say, even Dr. Fauci is saying, don't wear masks. You got to put that in context. Irresponsible as fuck. For sure. Very, very disturbing.
0: So uh, speaking of the real time fact check that it's a it's a it's a a dangerous game. Donald Trump's playing when he's being interviewed by somebody like Chris Wallace to do something that might elicit a challenge. He didn't get challenged there, but he did get challenged in this next clip, by the way. Uh, Just for the audience's advocation. All of these clips are in chronological order. We didn't mm-hmm. put some before others because it was more important. We're just going right down the line of things. We could just, if we wanted to make this a three-hour podcast, we could just play the interview because there's so many beautiful moments, just crazy shit that he says. Yeah. Um, Like talking about beautiful world wars, for one. We, mm-hmm. we won two beautiful world wars. They were beautiful, those murderous insanely violent wars <laughs> mm-hmm. so anyway th- this next clip is him being fact check in real time where he's trying to say that joe biden this charter that he signed with bernie sanders that they're calling for the abolition of police that they're calling for the defunding of police and he asks him specifically i don't think it's in there i don't think it's in there but are you saying they say those words and donald trump doubles down yes absolutely abolish the police ...control,
6: and it's really because they want to defund the police, and Biden wants to fun- defund Don't the police. He,
5: sir, he does not.
6: Look, he signed a charter with Bernie Sanders. I will get that one, just like I was right on the mortality rate. Did you read the charter that he agreed to? It says to nothing with, about
5: defunding the oh, police. Oh,
6: really? It says abolish, it says... Affund- Let's go. All right, get well... Give me, you, me the th- charter, please. All right. Therese, you've got to start studying for these. He inquiries. says...
0: So what happened there is Donald Trump, like, throws up his hand, claps him. to All right. He looks to his aides, his army of idiots around him. Somebody get me the charter. We're going to show him. And then they start talking about a different topic. I'm going to let the other topic play because it's about police brutality. It's about Black Lives Matter. But then they get back to Chris Wallace actually fact-checking him
1: before you do that though donald trump is referencing i'm i'm going to be right about this just like i was right about this other thing earlier in the interview He challenged Chris Wallace on numbers that he was citing. And it wasn't that Chris Wallace was wrong. It's that the Trump administration was using a different source that makes them look better. Yeah. And Chris Wallace had a different source. So it depends on which source you are going to go with as valid. It wasn't about Donald Trump being right, Chris Wallace being wrong necessarily. It's that there are two different places from which the numbers came.
5: Defund the police.
6: He says defund the police. They talk about abolishing the police. They talk about illegal aliens pouring. I
5: look forward to seeing that. Meanwhile, the George Floyd murder has reignited the issue of racism in policing in this country. I want to give you a couple of statistics. Nationwide, blacks are twice as likely, fewer in absolute numbers, but in terms of per capita, blacks are twice as likely to be shot and killed by police as whites are. In Minneapolis, over the last five years, police used force against blacks at a rate seven times that against whites. Can you understand why blacks would be angry at that?
6: Of course I do. I, of course I do. Many whites are killed also, you I have understand. to say that. I mean, many, many whites are killed. I hate to say sound, but this is going on for decades. This is going on for a long time, long before I got here. You know, if you look at what's gone on in Portland, those are anarchists. And we've taken a very tough stand. If we didn't take a stand in Portland, you know, we've arrested many of these leaders. If we didn't take that stand right now, you would have a problem like, you know, you, they were going to lose Portland. So let's see okay, what this says see. here. Prosecution, sanctuary cities, incentivize illegal alien, expand.
0: Here we are in the moment where they finally brought in the document and he's reviewing it. Yes.
6: Abolish immigration detention. No, I, that's not what I will find. OK, it. this thing is many pages well, long. Fund- End prosecution <laughs> of illegal border crosses. Support deathly. And these are the worst. S- sir, I'm, I'm not centers. I'm not
5: disagreeing with you on any of those. I'm disagreeing about defund police. Incent- the White House never sent us evidence the Bernie Biden platform calls for defunding or abolishing police because there is none. It calls for increased funding for police departments that meet certain standards. Biden has called for redirecting some police funding for related programs like mental health counseling.
1: <laughs> this was just a beautiful moment because you can see, oh, well, that's a lot of pages and we're going to find it and find it. Find me the answer. Make sure that I look right. right. That's what was happening. <laughs> what, what an embarrassing moment.
0: Do, do you think Donald Trump rewatched the the, the, the interview, the the? Post production interview where they put all the the edits and the and the fact checks in because they did I a good job of did. that.
1: I would assume that he did. Yeah, I I, 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 don't I think know what so you think. Too.
0: Well, we know his love of watching himself on TV, so
1: Right.
0: Can't, also, the White House, they always do this. We'll provide you those numbers, and then they just never do. Right. So uh next up is what followed right away here is them talking about Confederate bases. And his, his opposition to Black Lives Matter, but then his openness and support of r- keeping the names on, 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 on American military installations as the names of traitors who took up arms against Americans.
5: This week, you said that Black Lives Matter and the Confederate flag are both matters, issues of freedom of speech. Yeah. But in the case of the Confederate flag, there are a lot of people who say these were traitors who split from this country, fought this country in large part to preserve slavery. Is the Confederate flag offensive? It
6: depends on who you're talking about, when you're talking about. When people <laughs> proudly have their Confederate flags, they're not talking about racism. They love their flag. It represents the South. They like the South. People right now like the South. I say it's freedom of of. Many things, but it's freedom of speech. So you're not offended by it? Well, I'm not offended either by Black Lives Matter. That's freedom of speech. Let me, and, let me, and uh, you know, the whole thing with cancel culture, we can't cancel our whole history. We can't forget that the North and the South fought. We have to remember that. Otherwise, we'll end up fighting again. You can't, you can't just cancel
5: but, all but of but it. But let me ask you this when it gets to be more than just cancel. Well, maybe this is cancel culture. The National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA, you have threatened to veto it because in the bill, and this is supported by Republicans as well as Democrats, it would rename army bases, named for Confederate generals. Now, this is a bill that funds military operations. It gives soldiers a pay raise. Yeah. You're going to veto no, that? because
6: they'll get their pay raise. Hey, look, don't tell me this. I got soldiers, the biggest pay raises in the history of our, Understood. Of our military. I got soldiers brand new equipment, brand new jets, brand new rockets, brand new 2.5 trillion. I did more for the military than any president that's ever had this but you're office. Going to veto this because now? I think that Fort Bragg, Fort Robert and Lee, all of these forts that have been named that way for a long time, decades and decades but the military and dec- <laughs> says they're excuse for Excuse me, those. excuse me. I don't care what the military says. I do I'm, I'm supposed to make the decision. Fort Bragg is a big deal. We won two world wars. Nobody even knows General Bragg we won two world wars. Go to that community where Fort Bragg is, in a great state. I love that state. Go to, go to the community. Say, how do you like the idea of renaming Fort Bragg? And then what are we going to name it? You're going to name it after the Reverend Al Sharpton? What are you going to name it, Chris? Tell me what you're going to name it. So there's a whole thing here. We won two world wars. Two world wars, beautiful world wars that were vicious and horrible. And we won them out of Fort Bragg. We won out of all of these forts that now they want to throw those names away. And no, I'm against that. And you know what? Most other people are. And I even, I don't believe in polls because I see the fakest polls I've ever seen. But that poll is a 64% thing, which actually surprised me. We won world wars out of these. Out of these military bases. No, I'm not going to go changing
0: them. I'm not going to so go changing them. So you'll them. I might.
2: Yeah, I might. I might. I might, everybody. I might.
0: It is. It's laughable to hear him say that um, he's not offended by Black Lives Matter, even though he freaked out when they when when they painted it on uh, the street, the avenue. I, I believe it's Sixth uh, Avenue or Fifth Avenue outside of Trump Tower. He freaked mm-hmm. out. That mm-hmm. they're going to denigrate this great avenue, this luxury avenue with the words Black Lives Matter. Well, if right. you're not offended by it, then what's the problem with that? What's the problem with it while you act like there's some kind of a dangerous terror outfit? Black Lives Matter. Shut the fuck up. It is it is. It – first of all, it's it's abhorrent to compare generals – who killed Americans who were responsible for hundreds of thousands of American deaths, comparing them to a civil rights organization that only wants equity and equality for black people in America. Get the fuck out of here.
1: Yeah, I'm actually, I'm starting to see a new movement from conservative people saying things like, no, I have no problem saying black lives matter. Of course, black lives matter. It's just... I don't support the organization, so I don't right. support the organization that is actually pushing for change yeah. to implement policy to so that we as a society can uh, show that we actually do value Black lives. I don't actually want to see the changes happen. That's right. I'll just I'll say the phrase, okay. but
0: no, that's it's brilliant because that is exactly what it's about. They want to be able yeah. to just say. That they believe black lives matter. They want to be able to say that we should all be equal and treated equally. But when the rubber hits the fucking road, no, no. No, I don't right. want to actually vote for people who were put those policies into place. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. Yeah. it's fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. It's the I need new a, thing like I'm a, seeing.
0: I need like a woo woo, like Brittany. Yes. So good. <laughs> so good.
1: Can we please get one of those? That uh, would that's something I need in my life.
0: Uh, this is the closest I have.
1: Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow. All what right. a betrayal.
1: <laughs> That's for you.
0: No, it's for you now. <laughs> Brittany Page. So uh, next up is other wild claims that di- that got a slight bit of pushback, but not enough. In this clip, Donald Trump says that schools, teachers... Are take, they're teaching kids to hate the United States of America.
5: At Mount Rushmore on July 3rd, you said that we face a far left fascism in this country. And then you said this
0: Our
6: children are taught in school to hate their own country and to believe that the men and women who built it were not heroes, but
5: that were villains. You said, Our children are taught in school to hate our country where do you see that i just look at i look at
6: school i watch i read look at the stuff now they want to change if 1492 columbus discovered america you know we grew up you grew up we all did that's what we learned now they want to make it the 1619 project where did that come from what does it represent i don't even know so slavery that's what they're saying but they don't even know they just want to make a change Cancel culture. I hate the term, actually, but I use but, but it. culture are they culture. to
5: hate oh, I think
6: so, yeah, I think so. Look at the professors. Look at what's going on in the colleges. If a conservative goes on a college. And look, we have <laughs> as many as them. Excuse me. I think, to the best of my knowledge, we're sitting at the White House. And the Oval Office is right behind me. We have as many as them.
5: But Who's them?
6: The liberal, radical left... And I'm not talking all, I think, liberal. I, I could tell you I like a lot of liberal people. I like a lot of liberal governors and senators. But, but, Chris, we have a radical left, destructive ideology, and it's being taught in our schools. And don't act like you're surprised to hear this. There are books written about it. And we can't let that go on. We can't let them change the true meaning of what we're all about. And that's what they're trying to do. And I don't want it to happen. Not on my watch. It's not going to happen on my watch.
0: It is amazing. And I don't know how many times we've said this on this program. But it is amazing how fucking daft Donald Trump is. How do you know that they're teaching kids to hate America? Well, I look at school. I watch. I I read. What are you watching? What are you reading? What What do you mean you're looking at school? What are you talking about, you bumbling fucking moron?
1: Yeah, even Chris Wallace was like, who is them?
0: Yeah. What? <laughs> well, he's just, he's, he's in a desperation mode to continue this cancel culture, culture war thing. Yeah, and then yeah. And then his abject just misunderstanding or just he's in the dark about what 1619 is that it was the year <laughs> that enslaved human beings were first brought to the shores and he thinks that they're trying to replace 14, uh, you know 1492 Columbus sailed the ocean blue you know we all we all uh, we all learned that in the school when Columbus discovered america someone needs to inform Donald Trump that Columbus didn't discover well, one, he didn't discover America because he never fucking got here to the shores of America. And that's why the West Indies are called the West Indies because he thought he was west of India. He wasn't the smartest guy. He was also a fucking genocidal rapist Maniac and we're not trying to replace 1492 with some other number that's not what it's about but in his infantile mind that's all that makes sense
1: well and i love his attempt to <laughs> criticize the 1619 project that was his attempt at criticizing it was i don't even know what that is <laughs> so and then he moves on that's not yeah. a criticism yeah. that wasn't, like, what, what are you doing? I don't, so what just happened?
0: Clearly, he's got, he's got issues with how intelligent he is. We know it. <laughs> he even knows it. And this, net clip, this next clip goes to it, just how many fucking problems he does have, because he's trying to convince Chris Wallace just how uh, degraded the cognitive ability of Joe Biden is. Chris Wallace asked him directly, do you think he's senile? Oh, I wouldn't say that. But then like 30 seconds later, he says, he doesn't even know if he's alive. He doesn't even know if he's alive. So it's clearly what they're trying to get through. If you look at Donald Trump Jr.'s Twitter account, that's pretty much it's 90% dedicated to that Joe Biden is senile. Mm -hmm. So here it is, though. Donald Trump, the, the way he convinces you that he's smarter or more with it than Joe Biden is to tout the results of his cognitive test that he took, that we still don't know why exactly he was he had to take it.
1: The MOCA, the Montreal Cognitive Assessment, which I actually gave to you, Jesse. That's right. On the show, I don't know if you remember that, oh, but know, Donald Trump...
0: I do remember it. I'm a fucking genius. No one has scored <laughs> higher on that test than than me. Donald Trump can claim that he did, but I got a perfect score. I am a certified fucking genius because i know what a rhinoceros is you did great true and thank you
6: so they're not they're, they're not allowing me to have rallies but i gotta
5: tell you I, if way. i may sir respectfully in the fox poll they ask people who is more competent who's got whose mind is sounder biden beats you in that
6: well i tell you what uh let's take a test let's take a test right now Let's go down. Joe and I will take a test. Let him take the same test that I
5: took. Incidentally, I took the test, too, when I heard that you passed it. Yeah, how did it's you not do the it? Well, it's not the hardest test. No, but it the is, last... Has a picture, and it says, the last, what's that? And it's an elephant. No, no, no. You see, that's
6: all misrepresentation. <laughs> well, that's what it was on the web. It's all misrepresentation. Because, yes, the first few questions are easy, but I'll bet you couldn't even answer the last five questions. I'll bet you couldn't. They get very hard,
5: the last five. Well, years. one of them was <laughs> count back from 100 by 7. And let
6: me tell you, 93? You couldn't answer. You couldn't answer. <laughs> all right. What's the question? Many of the questions. I'd get you the test. I'd like to give it. But right. I guarantee you that Joe Biden could not answer those questions. OK. okay? Uh, and I answered about- all 35 questions correctly. You.
1: This is another tactic. I want to get back to the test in a second. But this is another tactic. And people have been running with this and saying, oh, my God, Donald Trump actually thinks that he is intelligent because he took this test. Now, I don't believe that about him. Of course, I don't know. But I don't think that Donald Trump thinks he's intelligent because he did well on this test. I think he's saying this to convince the people who love and support him and who believe whatever comes out of his mouth and who aren't going to Google the rhino test and giraffe (laughs) test. They're just going to believe what he said and repeat it.
0: And dumb dumb who think it's like an IQ test or something,
1: right? And and if you don't believe me that that's going to happen, why don't you go watch Jordan Klupper talk to some of these people at these rallies? Yeah. Okay. Talk uh, about
0: a, talk about a guy who's doing a public fucking service, Jordan Klepper. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the last the last six questions on the Moca, the Montreal Cognitive Assessment, used to evaluate uh, cognitive impairment, and. The test is, it is easy if there is no cognitive impairment. That's what it is used to assess. It's not supposed,
0: it's not intended to identify geniuses or non geniuses. It's to see, oh, you had a stroke. Let's see if your normal baseline cognitive ability, or not even normal baseline, it's to, let's see if you, like, oh, yeah, his memory is impacted because he can't remember numbers or, or, or whatever. It's, yeah, that's clearly a giraffe. Everybody knows what a giraffe is he thought it was a cat oh shit there's a problem
1: yeah to see if there's an issue with language or memory or attention but the last six questions they are related to orientation so orienting you to the time place making sure that you are oriented Sh- to those things shall
0: we do it shall we do the last six
1: sure let's do it okay. because they they're they're harder than you think
0: i'm ready no i'm ready to i'm going to best donald trump
1: all right here we go all right date
0: date oh shit 72120 Month 7 July Year 2020 Day Tuesday Place Washington state Orange County City. for you Well I'm in a, I'm in an undisclosed location
1: <laughs> Oh okay so you get 5 out of 6 Um <laughs> No, but the, these are the last six questions that he just told Chris Wallace. He couldn't that, answer. Yeah, he bets he couldn't wow. answer, and that's why Chris Wallace was being playful with him and talking about Chris Wallace accounting... was
0: literally laughing at him while an- <laughs> answering the question, talking to him.
1: Yeah, because in the in the attention box, you also have the uh, serial subtraction starting at 100 by seven. Yeah, and and that's when Chris Wallace said 93. The thing I'm concerned about is all of this talk about this assessment, uh, practice effects start coming into play here. And this test is going to be, I think, much less valid right. for this purpose. Because
0: people will be familiar with it.
1: Yeah, they just know the answers now. They just remember so, the answers. So you
0: you think there could be, it's possible that there could be a public health um, detriment here to Donald Trump politicizing this and publicizing this?
1: I mean, I I just sense that there's going to be negative impact yeah. on the test
0: results. Yeah, yeah, because
1: yeah. it's just, how could it not? I mean, it's the most popular Google search when you type in mocha. <laughs> it yeah, should be yeah. like a mocha frappuccino or something.
0: If you just type in Montreal.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. The fucking
0: city. Yeah. So we got one more clip after this one, after this next one. And this is a pattern in practice for Donald Trump to make obscene claims about what Democrats liberal leftists are going to try to do. They're going to round up all the guns. They're going to cancel the second amendment. He did it again, except this time it's like it's going into the stratosphere with the ridiculousness.
6: If Joe Biden got in, first of all, he won't call the shots. The people, the radical left people that surround him will call religion will be gone <laughs> okay life you could forget about that the whole question of life supreme you, when you Court, say life
5: you mean abortion
6: absolutely a hundred percent that whole question which is a very you know it's always been a 50 50 thing it's actually trending a little bit more toward one when side you say religion
5: now. is going to be gone what does that mean
6: look at what they're doing to the churches they won't let the churches even open if they want to stand in a field six feet apart We've had churches that wanted to stand in fields six feet apart. There has nope. never been an administration that's done so much as I have, from tax cuts to regulation cuts to rebuilding the military to getting choice for the vets. Nobody's done the things I've done. Nobody. In three and a half years, no other president's been able to do what I've done.
1: You know, what's true is no <laughs> oh one God. has been go. able... <laughs> <laughs> to do what Donald Trump has done in terms of how terribly he has failed this entire coronavirus situation.
0: He just I, said today, we're putting together a plan that's going to be a very powerful plan to deal with what w- with the coronavirus. Yeah. At the end of July, he's now saying, oh, we're, we're, get, we're, coming, to, we're, we're coming up with a plan. Hey, fucker. You've known about it since December 31st. 142,000 Americans are dead needlessly. Since March. You don't have, yeah, exactly, since March.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: April, May, June, July. Mm-hmm. Four months, 142,000 people dead. And Donald Trump's now proclaiming, wear a mask it's patriotic and uh we're coming up with a plan it's gonna be a powerful successful plan
1: he also said it's gonna get worse before it gets better today as well yeah and that's after saying that it would suddenly disappear and all
0: of these that it would miraculously disappear
1: i'm sorry miraculously (laughs) disappear So it's, I'm glad that he's finally getting there, but for the love of God, what has been going on? Because all these other countries that had insane spikes starting in March have gotten it under control. And we're still sitting over here with, I mean, in Orange County, the cases are insane.
0: Orange County now has the second highest number of cases second only to LA county. We we surpassed Riverside County today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: So listen, the crux of this clip though is that um 70 over 70% of Americans who are Christians, your religion is going to be abolished. It's going to be canceled. <laughs> Religion's going to be over in America if the religious Catholic Joe Biden gets elected. Joe Biden right. who actually is a Christian, who actually goes to church versus Donald Trump who is that your bible? Uh but it's a bible. <laughs> if that guy gets reelected, <laughs> religion's on force, but if Joe Biden gets elected, it's canceled. Yeah. Ugh, that's fuck. that's
1: my favorite thing that Donald Trump has ever said, by the way. Well, it's a bible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, Captain Obvious. or president, obvious. So the final clip is really probably the most troubling and it deals with, again, it's a repeat of 2016 of whether or not Donald Trump is going to accept the election results if indeed he loses.
5: Two final questions. If he wins. In general, not talking about November, are you a good loser?
6: I'm not a good loser. I don't like to lose. I don't lose too often.
5: I don't like to lose. But are you gracious?
6: You don't know until you see. It depends. I think mail-in voting is is going to rig the election. I really do. Uh,
5: Are you suggesting that you might not accept the results of the election? I I
6: have to see. Look, Hillary Clinton asked me the same thing.
5: No, I asked you the same thing in the debate. There is a tradition in this country, in fact, one of the prizes of this country, is the peaceful transition of power and that no matter how hard-fought a campaign is, that at the end of the campaign, that... The loser concedes to the winner, not saying that you're necessarily going to be the loser or the winner, but that the loser concedes to the winner and that the country comes together in part for the good of the country. Are you saying you're not prepared now to commit what to I'm that What I'm saying principle? is that
6: I will tell you at the time, I'll keep you in suspense. It's suspense. well,
5: And you know what? She's the one
6: that never accepted I it. Agree. She never accepted her loss. And but she looks like a fool. Can
5: you give a direct answer? You will accept the election? I have to
6: see. Look, you. I have to see. No, I'm not going to just say yes. I'm not going to say no. And I didn't last time either.
1: I am terrified by this. I will just be direct with everybody. This is terrifying to me. I see this going very poorly. And especially al- now that
0: he's in power and is setting the stage to exactly. doubt the results relative to mail in ballots, because it is the perfect storm with coronavirus, where there's a real reason for absentee voting now, a real public health reason, and he's calling into question the legitimacy of it.
1: I think if you roll back the tape, I was just getting ready to say, and he's setting, oh, and sorry. you were like, he's setting the stage! It's what I do, <laughs> Brittany.
0: I steal your stage. That's what I do.
1: Well, sometimes it... That's prick it, shit,
0: right? Just like the clip. That's
1: prick shit. Sometimes it sounds better coming out of a man's mouth. Wow. That's what I've been told.
0: Apparently, that's what the world believes.
1: <laughs> that's what I've been told. So <laughs> so this is terrifying. Like you said, he's setting the stage because he's talking about it. And he's going to continue to go hard at this issue, especially with mail-in voting, mail-in ballots. Um, and it's it's terrifying to imagine what we're going to be facing. But Again, we can't necessarily worry about that right now. All we need to worry about is ensuring that he does, in fact,
0: lose the election. For sure. But I would say this. Prepare yourselves to take to the motherfucking streets in protest, en masse, all across the country. Take to... I mean let's just I'll leave it at that cuz we've got time to plan but goddamn it be ready for this because it will be the greatest moment of uprising this country has seen since the American Revolution. It better goddamn be. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get off the interview and let's 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 uh turn this ship into the harbor. Is that what they say? Sure. <laughs>
1: Taking care of biz. So, two 10-year-old girls, (laughs) I don't know their names, but they (laughs) They were on. They definitely
0: took care of biz, though.
1: They did. They were on with Andrew Neal. And I don't know him, but you know about oh, him. Yeah. I guess he sparred with Ben Shapiro
0: or yeah, something. Remember when Ben Shapiro was like, "Well, no one's even heard of you." He's like really just being an asshole to the guy. Yeah, he's like a conservative in Britain. He's not like a liberal. Um, he he's he's a he, he's a conservative figure in the media in 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 in, in Great Britain. And uh, do they still call it Great Britain, or is it just England now? <laughs> I don't even know. It's like, eh, I don't know how great it is. It's good. It's good, Britain. He's Boris Johnson, after all.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: That's,
0: I'm sure that joke has been made before. But So he's on with this guy who's, who's not some liberal guy. He's a, he, he's, he's a, he's a force in the country <laughs> mm-hmm. um, who did spar, if you remember, with, uh, with uh, Ben Shapiro. I almost called him Glenn Shapiro. Jesus, this is getting yeah. – we're almost an hour and a half here. It's, it's time to, to cut bait.
1: I don't remember that, and I think that's funny that Ben Shapiro said no one knows who you are because, well, I don't know who he is. (laughs) So Andrew Neal, don't know who he is, but he he got schooled by two 10-year-old girls on the issue of wearing masks and taking public health safety measures on behalf of your fellow man.
3: You know what I mean by the nanny states, the government telling you what to do, isn't this... Just another example of the government trying to tell you what to do?
0: Well,
4: Mr Neil, do you remember on January 31st, 1983, when seatbelts were made compulsory?
3: Compulsory? You had to wear them.
4: It wasn't a
1: popular idea. People didn't like it. But do you know how many lives it saved a year?
6: I think you're going to tell me.
1: Yes. 300 lives per year because the government did something.
6: What do you say to that?
1: If it's saving lives and it's helping the NHS, I think we should be told what to do.
6: When I was your age and someone told me not to do something, that usually meant I tried to do it. Maybe you weren't educated properly enough about health and well-being. Well, many people have said that.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, I love that so much. Seriously. Beautiful. It's even better because... The girl, when you watch it, gives a little head tilt, like looking at him at the end when he's like, many people have said that, like, mm, I believe that. Well, yeah, they
0: have. To give the guy a little credit, he does have that like, self-deprecating. He did the same thing with Ben Shapiro, where he's like, yeah, you know, I've heard that before. He, yeah. he seems like a nice guy. He seems politically kind of fucked, but uh, he seems like a nice <laughs> enough guy. He does seem like a guy who, who, you know, in true British fashion, can have a conversation and not, uh, you know, be like Donald Trump.
1: Sure, I can only imagine how a conversation with two 10-year-old girls would have gone with someone like Bill O'Reilly, for example. Right.
0: Fuck you guys, you little sluts or whatever. Yeah, who knows?
1: Something horrifying and terrible, surely, yes.
0: Or at least with Rush Limbaugh, that's how it would have gone. Yes. Some other emissary of Donald Trump. So yes. anyway, awesome. Well, one, good job, Britain, bringing up kids to come with the fucking facts, to come with the goddamn data.
1: Absolutely. And... With the condescending insults as well.
0: Yeah, no shit, right? That Really, mm-hmm. British people have perfected, I mean, they've had th- thousands of years longer than us to perfect the insult, but they've done a good goddamn job in that time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe he wasn't educated properly enough.
0: <laughs> Very likely not, if he's whining about the nanny state. Goddamn. Yeah. I mean, well, one, we perfected that three decades ago, guy. Get, get, out, get a new term.
1: I love how he was trying to appeal to the kids by saying, when I was your age, I didn't like being told what to do. Don't you guys not like being told what to do? I'm old, and I still don't like being told what to do. Am I right? High five, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sad.
0: Oh, fucking sad. All right. Well, speaking of sad, this is the end of the show, Brittany Page.
1: I I think it was successful. There was some talking over one another. A
0: little bit of kinks
1: little bit but it's all right
0: Uh, also let me tell you it's not like riding a bike (laughs) this is uh it is a skill set that you need to keep in the in the in the repertoire you you need to keep it going because eh, transitioning from i don't want to get into the sausage but this is not as tasty a sausage as it was six months ago
1: well it sounds like We need to do more shows so that you don't turn into a rusty turd.
0: A rusty tool. Come on. A
1: rusty tool. I'm sorry. Turds
0: aren't rusty. Keep your metaphors fucking cogent. You're very disappointing, Brittany Page. We're going to leave it there, everybody. We're going to leave it there. (laughs) We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for sticking by us. Um, these are tough times. Um, we are, um, when, when, when all this is over, we'll do a, we'll do a retrospective and kind of give the the, the the timeline of the calendar and what was going on. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate you. We will see you next time, which hopefully will be sooner than 20 days away. We love you and we appreciate you. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollarmore. And this has been I Doubt.